Speaking of uh, the Badgers, just got this notification. Thank you for the follow. Wisconsin Football Roundtable. For the first time ever, we have a live edition of the Wisconsin Football Roundtable show. It'll be this Thursday and every Thursday at Coaches Club out in Cross Plains. Our sports director, Zach Heilprin, a live roundtable with some former Badger greats. Who's on the uh, rotation this week? Do we Uh, know? uh, Nagy. Yeah. Uh, Bill Nagy, Bill Nagy, former uh, uh, Dallas Cowboy, yep. old Big Ten lineman. Uh, Brady Ewing, Brady Ewing, hell of a fullback. And uh, Mike Davis, uh, Davis, uh, Mike Taylor, Mike Taylor, Mike sorry. Taylor, state champ wrestler now, and uh, has spent some sorry, time Taylor. in the NFL. Mike Taylor, well done. Uh, so yes, if you're in the area, uh, if you haven't been to Coaches Club, it's just a kick-ass bar. It's like a three-level yeah, awesome. sports bar out in Cross Plains. Our rules. Um, you know, and they're good people and great food. Oh my God, they're fish fry. You know, we talk, we love our all things Wisconsin coaches club and their old fashions. How many did we put down during that? Oh, uh, a good that amount. Dra- that draft they were show. so good. Everything handmade right there in front of you is so good. So, uh, yeah, Bob and the people, great folks out at uh, Coaches Club. Stop on out tonight. Was that six o'clock? Five to six. Five to six for yep. the live. You know. So you know what that means for you right now. No more sports section tonight. Um, so yes, uh, hell, you know, my son's got practice. I might have to stop by. I get an hour to kill five to six, man. During football practice, there you go. I think I just might find what I'm doing tonight. They're going to be a nice little audience there, so head on down. Uh, oh, dude, Zach had, would appreciate it. Yeah, when we had the Q and A with Amon Green out there, yeah, I'll be running oh the board, so you, you can God. still talk to me. You can grab a mic and say, "Hell hey, yeah, up? brother!" All right, so that's going on tonight, five to six, Coaches Club in Cross Plains. All right, uh, the. Poll is up. The Pac-12, they won't do it this year, but they said they are they are strongly considering uh starting games at 9 a.m. next season because it's a it's you know like are the Pac-10 nuts? No. It's all about money, it's all about television. Think about if it's 9 a.m. on the West Coast, what time is it here? It's 11 a.m. What's the what's the main first window for college football kickoff times? It's 11 a.m. The yep. Pac-12 saying you know, if there's not a mark, you know, like Ohio State, Michigan, pretty marquee game. It's at 11 o'clock. Wisconsin, Michigan should be a pretty marquee game in two weeks. That's at 11 o'clock. The Pac-12 saying, well, hang on, time out. Just because we're up two hours earlier doesn't mean we won't kick it off. So the Pac-12 says, in 2020, let's do this thing. Then the Big Ten said, well, hang on. Well, hang on a second. If the Pac-12 is going to do it, then maybe we'll do it. So we put the poll up. Would you be down with a 9 a.m. kickoff? Now, Ebo, I know you're an early bird. I know... When we get down there for the 11 o'clock kickoffs, you're giddy because we can get out of there earlier. So I know you, but you're skewed on this. Now, it doesn't mean you're wrong, but think about, give me like, all right, let me do this for you. Or you do this for for, for me. Give me like one or two, not Ebo Thorson reasons why you like the 11. What's one or two practical reasons why the 11 o'clock kickoff, the current earliest option is the best? choice for the uh, out of 11 230 or 7 I, I know you think 11 is the best why do you think 11 is the most logical choice right now to kick off badger saturday well 11 is nice because you can go out maybe you can get a little breakfast if you want to and then you go mosey in downtown you find a nice little tailgate spot and you have some lunch beverages you get a nice little buzz going on you know in the afternoon then you go to the game it obviously wears off because they don't have booze there which is <laughs> stupid and then uh, you watch a football game, and then afterwards you can either decide, what is it going to be like, you know, 2 o'clock? You can decide, do I want to keep partying today, or do I want to go and maybe do some chores and then have a nice little Saturday after that? It's like you have, you have your morning and you have your evening. 
During the middle, you have yeah. a fun little game. You know, you have the best of both both worlds. Okay, very well. Ebo, if this was a, a debate, uh, you'd get high grades for that. All right, Nelson, you're always the, the, a really good contrarian. You always play the, uh, the the negative side. Give me a reason <laughs> or two why 11 o'clock kickoffs stink. Well, one, we have to be there. No, don't. don't you can't no, do it, it can't, as us. It's not us personally. 11 o'clock, you still you don't get the total tailgate experience because you're there at 9 a.m. Most people, most people, don't start drinking too much at 9 a.m. There's not really a good time for, like, hot dogs, hamburgers, and food because, you're yeah, it's kind of breakfast yeah. time. Plus, you you probably were at work all week. You're kind of tired. You might want to sleep in until 9. means you don't get there until 10. Can't sleep in until 9. Sounds nice. I'm more of a 2.30 kickoff guy. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Well, how about you for 11 a.m.? Um, Give me the pros and the cons. Yeah, well, here, I mean, there's two reasons. There's one being, you know, a selfish man, and then there's one trying to be a good dad. Um, Because I was saying, you know, like my son plays football, and those games, they always they don't ever kick off like 10, 11, 12. So he he usually kicks off at 8, 9 o'clock. So on a 2.30 game like next Saturday, I can go to Reese's football games. I think it's an 8.30 kickoff. And then I haul ass down, you know, I get to the red zone by 11, 11.30. We still got an hour, you know, before pregame. So that's from the the good parent, which I try to be. But I also like to party sometimes, too. And to Nelson's point, um, yeah, I mean, sleeping in till even if, you know, I can go to the kids game, sleeping in even till 8.30 is something that's very rare for you and I. So even mm-hmm. at, a you know, at an 11 o'clock kickoff, when we got to be down there at 9.00, but you got to set up the equipment. You got to have that first Bloody Mary. Sometimes parking can be a bear. So, I mean, even at an 11 o'clock kickoff, you're getting up at 6, 6.30. So, yeah, I am I like the 2.30 personally uh, because there's it just frees up your morning to do stuff. But I do understand sometimes, Ebo, especially on, like, the non-conference games. Like, you know, if it's Central Michigan next week, you can play that thing at 11. Just, you know, get on with it. Yeah. I, I put it this way. I would rather flip-flop the two Michigan games. I'd rather have Central Michigan next week at 11, and I'd rather have Michigan in two weeks at 2.30. Because I, I, you want that to build up, right? You want to get, like, that atmosphere. You and I, when we did the pregame two seasons ago, and they had the back-to-back night games with Ohio State and Nebraska downtown. Oof. That was insane. That was nuts. The atmosphere was cool. You can't tell me that atmosphere didn't play in to the overtime win over Nebraska and nearly the overtime upset of the second-ranked team in the country, Ohio State. And I don't oh, think you would have had that same atmosphere for an 11 o'clock See, kickoff. Uh, no, I mean, you might. But I, I like the 11 a.m. and I like the night. The 2.31, I think, ruins. It doesn't ruin your day, but it... It takes a lot to. It does. No, Rick, it ruins it for having anything else to do. Other yeah, than the if you want to do anything else, you your morning is kind of trashed, and Correct. then you you literally won't be able to do anything at night. At least at a seven o'clock kickoff, which I do enjoy those because I love night games. You get your whole day. You get your whole day. You can do whatever you want. You can have breakfast, lunch. You can have dinner. You can you can work out, do chores, whatever you want to do. You have your whole day, and then you got your nightcap. Of the football See, game. I enjoy a 7 o'clock. That's exactly why I like the 2.30, because when I make the decision, hey, I'm going down to Badger Saturday, that's what I'm doing that day. See, or you could go like our guy, OB, who just tweets in, give me a 7 a.m. kickoff. I can booze anytime. My man, OB. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be down to that, too. 9 a.m. Screw 9 a.m. We're going 7 a.m. I'll be down to the 7 a.m. Let's do it.
It'll be OB, Ebo, and five drunks down on uh, Regent Street at <laughs> 7 in the morning for that kickoff. All right. All right. Is it time to kick off yet? Can I go home? 9 a.m. What do you think? Is uh, Would this be just lunacy for the Big Ten to do this, or would this be an absolute genius move? 608-321-1670. Again, you want to uh, weigh in on the uh, poll or cast your vote at Zomez on Twitter. Would you ever be down with a 9 a.m. kickoff for a Badger game? The Pac-12 toying with the idea. Again, that's more of a function of TV because, you know, the West Coast being two hours ahead when it's a 9 o'clock kickoff on the West Coast, that's the 11 o'clock time slot. And the Pac-12 said, we'll do it. Big Ten has considered it for some non-conference games going forward. Um, Could you ever see a 9 a.m. Badger Saturday or if you think 11 o'clock is too early, uh, 9 a.m. would be absolute just lunacy. So last year at this time, Evo, uh, tomorrow night was the opener, just like it is uh, tomorrow night again. It's three, get lit. three straight years the Badgers started the season uh, on a Friday night. In fact, that was the latest Madison kickoff, I believe, ever on record at, at 8 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, tomorrow will be 6 o'clock. Uh, that I is like that. Uh, our time, 7 o'clock East Coast. Uh, by the way, we'll be on 4 to 6. Uh, if you want to come join us at the Thirsty Goat in Fitchburg for the pregame show. Going to have a great time tomorrow from 4 to 6. So one year ago today, we're sitting here with expectations through the roof. Uh, you had come off that 12-0 and regular season, mm. uh, that incredible Big Ten championship game. You know, you're one drive, you're 30 yards away from the game-winning touchdown that would have put you into the college football playoff, you settle for a pretty good consolation prize, the Orange Bowl, you you, you crush a, a good Miami team. Alex, Alex Hornibrook is the MVP. MVP. The Orange Bowl, unbelievable. Um, then you get into the offseason and the hype train starts. First, it's, you know, Jonathan Taylor uh, is the Heisman odds-on front runner. Mm, Hornibrook's got wandering eyes. <laughs> Then it's the uh, the offensive line, you know, on the cover of every magazine. Four potential, you know, first-round draft picks. This offensive line is going to be one of the best ever. I mean, look, the hype at this on this day, 365 days ago right now, was it would have to be the highest it's ever been, right? Mm-hmm. In the It's in the Barry Alvarez modern, you know, since the first Rose Bowl in 1994. The hype one year ago today was as big, if not bigger, than it's ever been for Badger football. The hype was huge, and it was perceivably real right yeah i mean you you brought back again what just on offense what you brought back was incredible um and you know we saw the end results a seven and five season they did get a bowl win so you 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 know with the bowl victory eight and five but i mean like it's the pinstripe bowl two days after christmas in new york city (laughs) in an empty stadium i mean playing a, a miami team that had clearly tapped out um before the game even started clearly a let down of massive proportions based on the expectations. It well, was. Well, now you get to this off season and everybody's like, you know, I don't know if it's the media feels like they got punked because everyone, all the media was picking Wisconsin last year. And now you get to this off season and, you know, you get to like big 10 media day and you get to, you know, some of the, you know, ESPNs and the Foxes with all their, you know, preseason prognostications. And I have not seen anybody anywhere Pick Wisconsin, not to win the Big Ten, to win the Big Ten West. So you go from a year ago that you probably now are a college football playoff team, which is what most people thought the Badgers were a year ago today, 
to now where we sit today on the eve of the start of the season where they're not even the the favorite to win their division in the Big Ten. That's pretty crazy. So how do you ma- how do you figure out the difference between this expectations this year going and, and from where they were a year ago? Well, I mean, I think for Wisconsin, the question marks, what are the main question marks? Can the defense rebound? Right? I'd say that's a big question mark, yeah. They've lost a lot on defense already, but and the what, defense wasn't that good So let's last answer year. that question. What have we seen every year from Wisconsin outside of last year? Them reload. They never rebuild, they reload. And I think, you know, who you got back there? Jim Leonard. Jim Leonard's a beast, man, when it comes to coaching and whatnot. I think he can get the best out of his players. So Wisconsin always has reloaded outside of last year. And what's another question? So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not concerned on the defense. I think they're going to be just fine. I think they'll reload and the, they'll be back to dominating. And then you have another question is the offensive line, I guess, because they played poor last year and now you got some new faces in there. Would that be another question? Absolutely. I mean, you're, but, you're replacing four starters. And, I mean, yeah, the four starters weren't, you know, maybe didn't live up to the hype. You know, three of them are still in the NFL. It's not like they were, you know, they still lost talent. So, yeah, who's who's going to play, you know. What is Wisconsin predicated on, though? Having big, beefy linemen. Yeah. And we see that every year. I mean, I know last year it was, it was a little off, but everything was off last year. So I, I think they'll reload just fine with their offensive line because when you get Wisconsin football, you get a running back and you get linemen. Like, that's what you get. That's that's huge for Wisconsin football. So I think they'll reload there and they'll be fine. You have a constant in Jonathan Taylor. He's a beast. You have the best wide receiving core you've ever had. Huge jolt with Quintez Cephas coming back. And your only other question, there's three questions. Defense, can they re- reload? Can the offensive line, the linemen reload? And what happens with Jack Cohen as a starting quarterback? But hasn't that always been the question for the Wisconsin Badgers? Can their quarterback get it done just enough to win games? Yep. And we've seen Wisconsin, for the most part, always be winning the Big Ten West with those with that question mark. I think the I think the back of oh, the Packers. I think the Badgers are going to be just fine this year. I think they're going to I think they're going to win the Big Ten West. Uh, all right, six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy Badger fans. Where are your expectations at? And the fact that the media is picking them on average to finish third or fourth, not in the conference, in just the division. Do you think it's because truly the media doesn't think Wisconsin's that good? Uh, Or is it because they just are pissed that everybody was so high on Wisconsin? And this is an overcorrection that... You know, last year everybody was so high on Wisconsin that this year they're gonna they're gonna pump the brakes. And that maybe Wisconsin Ebo isn't the third or fourth best team in the Big Ten West, but the media is just saying, look, we everybody overhyped this team last year. So this year, until proven otherwise, we're just gonna we're gonna back it off big time. So I like I know I said this last year when the when the season started was it's time to get the bullseye on your back and be that team that everyone wants to beat. But I kind of like now after last season them kind of flying under the radar a little bit and waiting in the weeds. I kind of like that because I think that's where Wisconsin is best. Don't you? Yeah, and we we had um, our, our buddy Bernie on uh, yesterday, uh, Badger, uh, former Badger, or on Tuesday I should say, uh, former Badger uh, fullback Matt Bernstein. Uh, he said the, kind of the same thing. Right, he said. Uh, you know, we 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 did our best. The best years they had under him, um, when he was playing, was the years they weren't picked to do well. So, I mean, you you definitely can pull the disrespect card if you want now, if you're Wisconsin, because I mean, you're again, you're you're picked to finish somewhere between third and fourth in the Big Ten West, and last year you were picked to finish third or fourth in all of college football. Yeah, I mean, think about that in one year. They were ranked third, fourth, fifth in the country at this point a year ago, 
Now they're ranked third, fourth, fifth in the Big Ten West. Talk about a, a, a different feel just one year ago to the day. So, I mean, just looking at, let's see, remember what was Legends and Leaders? Teehee. 2011, Wisconsin wins the Leaders Division. 2012, Wisconsin wins the Leaders Division. Uh, 2013, it goes to what? Oh, was it Ohio State? Were they in there? Was Ohio I, State in the Leaders Division with Wisconsin? I believe State? they were, yes, and Penn State, because the yeah. one year Wisconsin won it was with with the fallout yeah. from the tattoos and Jim Tressel, and then it was the paternal stuff. So Wisconsin yeah, actually so, got third in the division, but still won. So it. 2013 goes Ohio State. So right now you got two. Two, Wisconsin's won it two times. And then you go 2014, it changes to East versus West. Wisconsin wins the West Division. 2015, the Hawkeyes win it. Then 2016, Wisconsin wins it. 2017, Wisconsin wins it. And then 2018, we know what happened when Northwestern wins it. Wisconsin, one, two, three, four, five. Five out of the last eight years, dude. Well, that's nine years. Not out of the last. Eight that's, years. Yeah, and sell, they've only, and, and before just, that, yeah. they didn't have divisions. So since they've gone to divisions, Wisconsin's won its division five of eight times. I mean, you could clearly say they've been in this, whether you call it leaders or whether you call it Big Ten West, they've been the best team. So it's Look like at history. Right. Look at the trends. Well, that's what I was going to say yesterday. It's like the Packer Badger argument who wins more games, Packers or Badgers? If you just go by trends, six of the last 10 years, Wisconsin's won more games uh, than the Packers. The smart money would be that the Badgers will win more games this year than the Packers. So to the question of what are your expectations for Wisconsin this year, if the expectation is just getting the Big Ten championship game, because then you never know, you know, at least worst case is if you're playing the Big Ten championship game, you're probably going, you know, to a, a New Year's Six Bowl game. Um, if the percentages, you're playing the percentages, to your point, they've been to the conference championship game five out of eight times. What if I told you Wisconsin was in the conference championship game the most times out of any teams in the Big Ten? I would... Completely believe it. Wisconsin 5, Ohio State 4, Michigan State 3, Penn State, Iowa, Nebraska, Northwestern 1. All right, what are your expectations for this team, Badger fans? No, all of a sudden they're going to be bad. Like, it's not going to happen. Wisconsin's going to be good. Uh, 6 8 One year ago today, we're already uh, clearing our schedule for uh, January in the college football playoff. Uh, are we thinking that we should even clear our schedule for the first weekend in December for the Big Ten Championship game this year. Will the Badgers have a big bounce-back season? Good morning. Hey, morning. How's it? How, how are we living? How are you? How are you? How are you? <laughs> Ooh, I just got a uh, tweet at Actions on Radio. What about, would you guys be interested in butter pecan? Oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, nuts Butter and, pecan rules. Yeah, I mean, I, ice cream butter pecan, okay, I will say... Butter pecan pie or pecan pie is like no, butter oh pecan my ice God. cream rules too, man. That's some good eating right yeah, there. Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't mind butter pecan ice. I'm more intrigued by this blue moon mousse, like chocolate yeah. blue moon mixture. So I've had blue moon ice cream rules. That's uh, by the way invented in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, I do believe. Yes, you are correct. So uh, that's a Wisconsin thing. Uh, Superman ice cream. That's, I don't mind that's blue moon, I, I, blue moon, and. Uh, it's is it blue moon vanilla and like a red cherry? Yeah, ice cream? Like, like a sherbet, like a yeah. red, like a cherry. Or Superman's a the lamest superhero out there, but the ice cream's not bad. But Nelson has blue moon with, with chocolate. chocolate. I've never had that. It's pretty good. Yeah, nice little mixture. I want some blue and moon. And of course, you have to get it in a waffle cone. Yeah, well, are you guys waffle cone or sugar cone guys? Or well, wafer I'll go down cones? to the like. I gotta go chocolate shop down on Atwood, and I'll get blue moon waffle cone. 
that right there is mm, primo. Waffle Sounds amazing. Waffle. Sounds what about you guys? I I, I like I would say waffle or sugar. I'm not a big fan of the wafer cone. I'm no. more of a sugar cone or a uh, or a waffle cone. Yeah, waffle no. cones like you're like almost having a meal though. Because some of you get those waffle cones are like the size a of a them. waffle. I mean they're they're big. Sometimes they'll sneak that little chocolate part in the end of that waffle cone too. You know that little like little chocolate like cone at the bottom of it. Yeah. You know by the way, the about? Superman ice cream uh, has its own Wikipedia page. It gives props to two spots as its founder, Pierre's Ice Cream Company in Cleveland, Ohio, and the Chocolate Shop Ice Cream Company in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, that's pretty badass. So Cleveland. Shout, shout out to Superman ice cream. And then you got to go, you know, just the classic, um, the chocolate mint. I mean, that's badass. Yeah, mint chocolate chip, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's so good. That's a staple. Yeah, anyway, if we're wondering why are we so much talking about um, uh, ice cream, it was the news of the word for a guy. Apparently, they're in a, a pre- I mean, I wish we had it here. I'm wearing sweatpants and had to turn my heater on this morning in the car ride in. Mm-hmm. Um, in New Mexico, they're in a heat, an oppressive heat wave, and some dude tried to get out of the heat by uh, taking a nap in the Dairy Queen cooler <laughs> and then helped himself to 22 boxes. Yeah, he of said Dilly he just wanted bar. to cool off. Just wanted to cool off, man. But I got 22 boxes now of Dilly Bars. Now I'm going to prison for it. Don't they have like I know for like the the homeless and stuff? Don't they have like cooling stations? Like when we had that, yeah, they had like the downtown. Stations. They had, why don't they just build some cooling stations? Or why I mean, doesn't Dairy Queen donate some Dilly Bars so the guy didn't have to steal 22 boxes? Why, why didn't he just not steal the 22 boxes? Right? I mean, that, it's pretty much his fault. All right, so a uh, couple badges. We're going to talk some Packers. We're going to switch it up, go Packers here in about 15 minutes. And again, don't forget the Fantasy Zone. Get your fantasy questions ready uh, coming up uh, here in one hour, season premiere of the Fantasy Zone. Uh, but on the Badger front, um, I just, boy, a year ago today, Ebo. I remember we did a, uh, you and I did a hit on the round table with, with Zach and we recorded that segment. I remember, and I think we had our buddy Subtle in here and I think we had a former Badger great Travis Beckham in here. By the way, he's going to be on the show tomorrow. Looking forward to visiting with my man Beckham. And we all went around the table and like I was trying to find a reason not to pick them to win the Big Ten last year because I didn't want to be that guy, right? Yeah. But I couldn't do it. Couldn't do and, it. And you know, if you, you, if you flipped on college game day or you flipped on... FS1 or you flipped on, you know, CBS, they do a pretty good job on call. Everybody was picking Wisconsin. Everybody. Um, and then what happened? They went seven and five. So, I, you know, it's just like, you know, we had the one guy who just called in, uh, you know, Ron, who's from Nebraska yeah. originally, but lives in Wisconsin. And Keep he's on like, calling in, Ron. And he was like, look, I'm objective on this. He goes, I don't believe the Nebraska hype, but I don't know how good you guys are. And I'm like, it's a fair point, Ron. I just... You know, I don't feel bad picking Wisconsin to win the Big Ten West this year, but I don't feel great about it either. Yeah. Last year, was a, obviously, it was a no-brainer. The question is, Badger fans, this year, it can't be a no-brainer, but is it responsible to pick Wisconsin to win the Big Ten West? Not the Big Ten, just to get to that Big Ten, to be the best team out of the six other teams in the Big Ten West. Is that responsible to pick Wisconsin? For a team that has won the Big Ten West the most out of anyone, and last year was just an outlier. I think Wisconsin's going to be just fine. They're going to reload on defense. They're going to reload on the offensive line. Jack Cohn's going to take that next step. Alex Hornibrook obviously lost the whole team. You know, Wandering eyes, wandering hands, you name it. Alex Hornibrook soured the team. Now you have him out of there. You have him in Florida State. He's the third-string quarterback. you got guys actually like the quarterback now in Jack Cohn. And you have, God forbid, if Cohn stinks, you got a guy that everyone wants to see in Graham Mertz anyways. We'll see what happens there. And as long as Cohn takes the first snap, I don't really care. And then I think Wisconsin could be just fine. Wisconsin's going to win the Big Ten West. You heard it right here. Uh, I mean, again, I don't think it's a terrible take. Uh, I just, you know, the, the media picks Wisconsin to finish third. Some picked them to finish fourth. 
I think that's, again, I think that's a bit of an over-course correction because everybody, they were unanimous last year to win the Big Ten West. So I th- what media do, oh, you made me look stupid, so I'm not going to pick you this year. So I think it's a little bit of, you know, butthurt by the media. Um, but I think, they're, I mean, at the end of the day, they want to be right. If the media truly believed the Badgers were still the best team in the well, Big Ten West. Did Nebraska, Iowa, Northwestern. Nebraska? I mean, the hype train is, I mean, dude, you've seen the When's hype When's the last time Nebraska was relevant at anything? Uh, the year they came to the Big Ten, that Russell Wilson night game, they were we were both ranked top ten. Yeah, it was, what, a decade ago? And then we beat them 48-7? Yeah. to yeah. Seven? yeah. It's, I mean, 15 years, 10, 15 years, last time they've been relevant. And when Amon Green's here next Friday, I'll say that to him, too. Oh, When's the last it. time Nebraska has been relevant in anything? And, and Ron, that. who called in earlier, I'm sorry, brother, but it's the truth. Oh, by the way, I love this. Uh, back to the uh, news of the weird and the ice cream heist. Our buddy, uh, secondhand smoke, John. What game? Hey, Johnny. <laughs> Who's playing? He asked, uh, do you guys know what Bucky's favorite type of ice cream cone is? What? That would be a Jack cone. Yeah. Oh! Yeah, well, I'm glad you told me. I'll try to catch it. I'm not a big football guy, but yeah. Sounds cool, man. A joke teller, Thank though. Thank you. Uh, Thanks, you, know, you might not know anything about football secondhand smoke, John, but you know jokes, You got brother. the jokes, my man. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, no, I don't look to your question. You bought all serious. I don't think it's irresponsible to pick Wisconsin this year. I, I will say this. You, you take Illinois off the board because they're terrible. They're not going to win. I, I mean, Minnesota, I just think it was the end of just the bizarreness of the cone Hornybrook saga. And now that we've learned post fact, right. Of Quintez Cephas and all the stuff that was going on in the locker room and how much he was really liked. And maybe, maybe that played a bigger role. I just think by the time they got to Minnesota last year, they had kind of checked out. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think Minnesota's a threat. So I'd take away those two teams. A lot of people like the idea of what Purdue could be offensively, but I, I can't sell Purdue as a contending team. So I'll take them off the list. So then you're down to Northwestern, Iowa, Nebraska, Wisconsin. I think oh, any of those four teams, I, I think you're okay to pick any of those teams. The question is, does Wisconsin stand out above any of those other teams, Iowa, Nebraska, or Northwestern? Well, let's ask the guy who turns on his team immediately, no matter what. <laughs> is that Nelson? Nelly. Nelson Burton Jr.? Watch out, Nelson. You like to say you're a contrarian, but you're just a hater. What do you think of Wisconsin and their chances in you know the Big Ten West? I like I liked Wisconsin's chances. I like Joe just said, you can pretty much throw Illinois out of it. That there's no question that team's lucky if they win three games. And I don't think I mean like Minnesota, I don't Minnesota might make a bowl game okay, and Purdue might make a bowl game. Outside of you can't pick those Nelson right. Well, Purdue at, and Minnesota aren't threats to win the Big Ten West. Well, then I look at Northwestern and Minnesota. Both lost their quarterbacks. Uh, Minnesota lost their starting quarterback. <laughs> I think that will hurt them, especially at the beginning of the season. Northwestern, they lost Clayton Thorson from last year. He's been a quarterback for the last, last what, three seasons? It's a power last name. I don't think they're really contenders. I think they'll be like a 7-5 and team at best. Then you look at Purdue. Purdue really doesn't scare me. I don't know why. I just feel like the Badgers will just dominate them. They're a, they're a finesse team. They, I mean, you saw what they did to Ohio State, uh, but when they get into a slug it out like Wisconsin wants to play, they're not a, a, a physical team. Yeah. They're a finesse team. I, yeah, they're a bad matchup for Wisconsin. I look at Nebraska, I don't think they're ready yet. I think this is I agree. still a se- at least a season away, and it comes down to Iowa-Wisconsin. Wisconsin gets Iowa at home. I actually like Wisconsin to win the West. What did Nebraska go start last year? 0-5, 0-4, 0-5? 0-6. Jesus. 
Weren't they losing, like, to Montana? Yeah. They lost all their non-conference games to, like, Dog Creek University and... Sister uh, Mary Mouth- School, the blind. Right, Mouthwash State and, uh, Oh, is that right know, Is that like, by Colgate? Uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, Sauk Creek University. Or Sauk, Sauk Creek. University of Sauk City, USC. Dude, watch out for them this year. Yeah. They're sneaky A lot good. of people think USC out of the Pac-12 is an underrated no, team. No, 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 no. University of Sauk County. You need to keep an eye on USC. Sneaky good. Conrad, welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Conrad, what's, what's up, up, brother? So, Badger talk. I love this stuff, man. We're already here. The season's about ready to start. And when you look at this Big Ten West, and, this, and everyone's talking about just being like all these, these, uh, these whatever, these teams, these five teams pretty much locked in at the top, and they're all going to just eat each other up. But wait a minute. We have Jonathan Taylor. Like, no one else has Jonathan Taylor. We have Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Why is this even a discussion? Like, we're going to come into this year with no dysfunction, with a euphoric attitude that the band is back, and we're going to get something done. Mm-hmm. And this kid's going to freaking rush for some serious yardage, probably go down in history as the most yardage for any three-year college player ever to set foot on the gridiron in the NCAA. Hell yeah. And this is what's going to happen this year. It's redemption. When you, got a, when you get punched in the face like they did last year, and it was like last year they not only got punched in the face, they got kicked in the nads, punched in the face, kicked in the nads, punched in the gut, and then slapped. And it was like, gosh, Ouch. that's not Wisconsin football. Hey, I heard that's what happened to Hornybrook. Exactly. So, no, and he's got something coming. He's, he's got something coming. He's playing. He's got to play he's against Clemson. Oh, my God. He's going to get whacked. Oh. Anyway, boys, I know this is what's going to happen. Ebo, I got your back. This is the Badgers' year. Yeah. They're running away with this My thing. man. Later, boys. See you, Conrad. Thank you, Conrad. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, right um, probably, to his point, will go down as the greatest three-year running back um, in uh, in the history of college football. Uh, the please be four, is, please be four, uh, please be four. No, I don't think so, buddy. Um, I don't think it is at all uh, irresponsible um, to pick the Badgers. Dude, we have Jonathan Taylor. I just, I mean, nobody, uh, yeah, I mean, if you, well, here's the thing. If the Nebraska hype is real and they, to their, to the point of why a lot of people are picking, the schedule is ridiculously easy and they have Wisconsin's schedule two years ago. The difference is, Ebo, when Wisconsin had that schedule two years ago, they were coming off a double-digit win season. They were coming off a win in the Cotton Bowl. I know people weren't all giddy over Western Michigan, but that wasn't Wisconsin's fault to their opponent. That's one of the six best bowl games, right? That was a New Year's Six bowl game. Wisconsin had played two years ago, or three years ago now, the toughest schedule in the country. They played five top ten teams and beat three of them. LSU, Michigan State, and Nebraska nearly beat a fourth, lost in overtime. So Wisconsin was ready to do what they did two years ago and go 12-0. and The difference is Nebraska is coming off a 4-8 and season, and they get an easy schedule. Yeah, do I think Nebraska will be a lot better than 4-8 and last year? I do. Do I think they're going to go 12 and 0 like no. Wisconsin did 2 years ago? Hells to the no. No. I mean they'll be I mean if, if Nebraska wins 9 games this year, that's an incredible season for them. And I think 9 and 3, yeah, now then I think it's that's about, you know, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Iowa. I think you're in a three-team fight for the Big 10 West. But I think Nebraska would be stunned to win 9 well, who games. Who do you think is the biggest threat? Iowa? 
Probably. I mean, other than if to, you to the Wisconsin, yeah. Iowa? I mean, but the, the, the I mean, or because Nebraska's they don't they only play one rank. They have literally our exact schedule from two years ago. They don't play any tough teams. The only tough team they get is Ohio State, or if you consider Wisconsin tough, and they get them both in Lincoln. I mean, Nebraska's road games are Illinois, Minnesota, Purdue, Maryland. <laughs> it's like the easiest God. schedule in the history of the Big Ten. Rumor is Scott Frost is already uh, bringing up national championship rings. He's already making another set Very of them. Well, could be. And once they win those three games, he's going to print them out, give them to his team. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, dude, think about that. Your head coach, he came from what was it Central, Central Florida? Florida? He made national championship rings for his teams when they never won the national championship. What is that? That's your head coach, a guy that rewards someone for not winning anything. Think about that. Um, Look at it. Think of it. Yeah, I mean, part of me loves the, uh, the just the fu. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, you didn't win anything, but, uh, I, yeah, I get why I think people think Nebraska is going to be better. I don't get why they think they're just going to automatically win the big 10 West. I was got to be your biggest challenge. They're built just like you. They got a yep. running game. They have an experienced quarterback. Well, they have an they NFL quarterback. Have... They got two NFL defensive linemen. They got an NFL offensive lineman. Yeah. yeah the I mean... Defense is always steady. Their offensive line's always steady. 608-321-1670. Who do you think should win the Big Ten West? Who do you think should be on the Packers' final roster? I know someone to ask. We'll ask our Packer insider that question coming up next. All right, we'll visit with, uh, we hope to visit, I should say. Hey, with our Packers. Nelson never gets off the phone. Rob Reichel, Forbes.com. There you go. Uh, on the Twitter poll, would you be down with a 9 a.m. kickoff? Yes. Yeah, I mean, you're like, when I told you this story I yesterday. I want a 9 a.m. now kickoff. Uh, the Pac-12 thinking about 9 a.m. kickoff. Should we do it here uh, in Wisconsin? The Bloody Marys are just extra good. 70% of you saying no. Oh, Get up, you lazy bums. 5 a.m., you should be getting out of bed. Right? That's what I say, Eves. Get him up. We welcome in our uh, Packer Insider. Get your ass up. Forbes.com. It is the great, the often imitated, never duplicated Rob Reichel. Good morning, Rob. My man. I like the intro. How are you guys? Uh, I am doing awesome. Happy start of college football day, Rob. I can only assume I will be getting constant text messages from you all uh, fall long asking for my locks of the week. College football is not my specialty, Joe. So you you become my uh, favorite human being from what August through November. So I yeah. got you, buddy. Hey, Rob, I also got you keep, a present. Keep your phone nice and close. I got a Jack Cone jersey for you, <laughs> ready and waiting. Oh, good lord! Let's not even go there. I'm, I'm off. My day's off to a nice start. Come on now. Yeah, we'll save that for the first time. Next time I see a nice Jack Cohen yeah. jersey waiting for you. Visit buddy. us so. on a Saturday. I'm, I'm just going to make a quick prediction, guys, and we'll, we'll see if it holds up. <laughs> Cohen is fine weeks one and two. He's about three of 11 for 25 yards at halftime in the Michigan game, and they go to Mertz, and we never see Cohen again. I completely agree, Rob. That's why I made the bet. That's why I made the proclamation. I think it's I'm, a, fine. I'm fine with that. I think it's a bad decision, but, you know, nobody asked me. Robbie, so. Jack Cohen literally just has to snap the ball the first as the game starts against South Florida. Then I'm fine with whatever happens after that. Yeah, I just, just short-term, long-term, guys, if, if your real goal is to chase national championships, put in the kid with far and away the most 
long-term potential and, and all, not, don't just think of 2019 think of 2021 2022 of those years as that's, well. why, that's, that's that's why that's how i look at this joe and you know they're, they're, I, I think it's, it'll cost them the michigan game um because mertz's first action will come in the second half against yep. that defense whatever that that's I, I could totally be wrong cone maybe he'll chase the heisman and you know, if, if he does that, that's yeah. great. No, but, but Cohen's going to win the Heisman. I slim. Rob, I didn't save my receipt for that jersey, so it sounded like you don't want it, but that's okay. <laughs> Cohen will win <laughs> the Heisman this year, Robbie. Watch take, it take, take it to Big Brothers, Big Sisters, or something. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 uh, nice donation. Uh, you know, I'm, sure right I'm sure there's some people in uh, in Africa like that have 5,000 Buffalo Bills Super Bowl champion T-shirts, Robbie. We can send them that jersey. There you go. Right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, there. Uh, speaking of Super Bowl, the first step, uh, you know, to to that will will come, uh, you know, this weekend with the cutdowns. I mean, I, I, you know, I'll 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 just skip over tonight because there's nothing of, of really consequence that needs to come out of this game tonight. Um, so let's just go right to Saturday then, Rob, and the cutdowns. You're with these. We sit 48 hours away. Um, is there going to be a you know that that Josh sitting that that's that stunning last minute cut that nobody sees coming, or is this going to be pretty much chalk in your opinion when we see the final fifty three? Well, I don't think Joe it's going to be to the level of the magnitude of sitting, and you know a lot of people remember that happened right during that Badger LSU game at Lambeau a few years ago, and it shocked us all. And um, I mean, for a, for a few minutes, anyways, it probably usurped the the level of interest in that Badger upset over LSU that day, but. Uh, Joe, I, I think what you're going to see, there is a chance of a couple of big names. I don't think you're going to see, again, somebody coming out of left field like you did with Sitton. But I think Lane Taylor's obviously a big name uh, you know, on the bubble that they'll either try to trade or might end up just releasing um, if they decide Jenkins is good enough to go to Chicago with in week one and, and they can they can beat the Bears with a, with a rookie guard. Uh, the second would be if Mason Crosby's contract situation just they view that as, as being just too much money for mason and they go with ficken now i'll be honest joe both taylor i mean taylor has outperformed jenkins this summer and crosby has outperformed ficken um so if either one go it's obviously nothing more than a money decision and green bay's got plenty of room under the cap joe last i looked it's about 15 million where they can easily carry both of these players and still do things long term with a blake martinez or a kenny clark or whoever it is they choose to do. So I, I think releasing either of those guys would, would be a mistake, Joe. But, um, you know, we, we've seen that kind of stuff happen. The, you know, Lane Taylor's going to count three or four times more against the cap than, than Jenkins is going to. Ficken doesn't make any money, and, you know, Crosby's in, in excess of $4 million. So if they want to save some money against the cap, that that's how they're going to go ahead and do it. Again, Joe, they don't need to. I'm not sure exactly why they would. I'd, I'd keep the better football players. I'd start the better football players. But um, those would be certainly the two that have the greatest chance, I think, right now of happening in terms of big-name guys, Joe. Robbie, let me ask you this, man. So a player that's already been gone, he was traded last night, was Reggie Gilbert to the Tennessee Titans for a seventh-round pick. How can the Packers find trade value with him but camp for a guy like Mike Daniels or who else was just traded? It was escaping me. How come they can't find trade value, but they can get the seventh-round pick for Reggie Gilbert? Josh Jones is the other one you're thinking. Josh Jones. Right. Josh Jones is a, little, is a little more understandable. I mean, keep in mind, guys, I think Reggie Gilbert was first or second on the team in terms of pressures per snap last year. He didn't get that many snaps, but his pressure percentage was, was awfully high. Um Jones didn't shock me, Evo. He, he's a tough guy to get anything for. He doesn't have 
he doesn't have great film, first of all, and then second, he, he was an attitude and, and a locker room cancer at times. Mike Daniels is the one that surprised me, and, and you know, you hate to call anybody a flat-out liar, but you wonder if Green Bay's front office, if Gutekunst and those people were, you know, fibbing a little bit or stretching the truth or however you want to put that, and how hard exactly they tried to get anything from Mike Daniels. Um, none of us will ever fully know that answer. Uh, Mike Daniels certainly had value. Good Lord, Detroit gave him $9 million, right, for for a season. Um, I understand Green Bay would never have wanted to trade him in the division, so they're not making calls to the Lions, Bears, and Vikings. But somebody out there, Evo, you're exactly right. If you were really adamant and hell-bent on, on trading Mike Daniels, same thing with Josh Sitton a few years ago, guys. Um, you could have easily got a third or a fourth for Sitton. You could have got probably a, a fourth for Daniels right now. It just makes you wonder how hard the Packers actually tried. Uh, visiting with our uh, Packer insider, Rob RobRicelForbes.com. Uh, back to the linebacker position, Rob. Uh, go to the inside this time. You know, Orm Burks, it looks like he's going to avoid surgery, but nowhere near ready to start, you know, probably week one or maybe even week two or three. Um, you take him away, obviously you have Blake Martinez. I said this on the show the other day. I believe the Packers' second starting inside linebacker against the Bears next Thursday night isn't currently on this roster, i.e. they're going to have to find somebody on Saturday after cutdowns. Do you believe that's the case? And, it, and if so, how dangerous or you know borderline irresponsible is that to, to basically have a starting position not settled uh, seven days before the start of the season? Well, irresponsible might be a little bit of a, a push there, Joe, in terms of, and, and you know me, I'm a harsh enough guy, but that, that word might be a little strong. They, they've obviously been just hammered by injuries at the position you know, with Burks and Bolton, and I, I don't think Summers is, is ready to play. So I'm with you, Joe. The, 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 whoever's going to start against the Bears probably isn't on the team right now. Um, I thought when I, when I first saw – they, they moved Gilbert yesterday. I figured it was for an inside linebacker, not a draft pick. Don't, don't be surprised if in the next 24 or 48 hours they trade for an inside linebacker. Because, Joe, if they, if they do it on Saturday and that player doesn't get to Green Bay until Sunday or Monday, it, it's going to be really hard for that player uh, to line up and, and to play football next Thursday night against Chicago. Now, the other option is obviously, you know, they, they, they go with a, a, big, you know, a big safety like a Raven Green in that spot, 20 or 25 snaps. Keep in mind, those inside linebackers, Joel, they're not on the field 60 or 70 snaps. Martinez is, but that second inside linebacker isn't. That's more of a specialty position. So so Penton might be able to get by for a week or two, guys, with, with somebody like a Raven Green. But but no, Joe, it, it's, it's obviously not ideal. I mean, I, I'm not convinced Oren Burks will play this year. I mean, if – if you if you go and look at the history of torn pectoral muscles in the league, almost all those guys go to IR. So it comes down. I, I get it. He's going to play with the brace, but it comes down to a pain threshold. And um, I, I'm telling you, once, once he starts to try to make tackles there, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to be a whole heck of a lot of fun for for Oren Burke. So we'll see how long that uh, lasts. Um, I could easily see them shutting him down, guys, at some point in time, and, and telling him to go under the knife and get the surgery, and then come back in 2020 but uh no that that position and, and that group on a whole looks looks pretty thin going to chicago guys and 
and you know the Bears well enough, they'll take full advantage. Well, speaking of going to Chicago, Robbie, I mean, advancing the story to next Thursday. By the way, Jay Cutler's going to be in attendance. Hell so yeah. I, I think that might mean an automatic Packer win. I'm not sure. But realistically... Well, that, that probably just moved the line about a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a pick six thrown by Trubisky in honor of Jay Cutler. No, but uh, moving forward, when you look at the offense, notoriously slow starters in the Green Bay Packers, the first-team offense really... Have they gotten any work at all in preseason? Uh, can we expect a really – I assume Rodgers and the guys aren't playing tonight against Kansas City. So is it going to be another slow start? I saw you read an article on Forbes.com kind of about it, right? Yeah, and, it, and it's not just the offense. It's, it's uh, first-year coaches that have, that have come to Green Bay and eventually had success. Um, Mike McCarthy, uh, you know, the highly successful Mike McCarthy, Ebo. Super Bowl winner. Uh, Mike, Mike Holmgren, I mean uh, – Mike McCarthy was four and eight in his first year. Mike Holmgren was two and five before those teams caught fire. I mean, it's hard for a first year coach to get his system in, into place and, and start a season strong. It, it doesn't happen in most cities and uh, across league, and it certainly hasn't happened in Green Bay. No first year coach in Green Bay has ever made the playoffs. You know, and now specifically back to the offense, Evo. It's so funny. They'll, they'll tell you they got all this great work against against Houston in that in that two days of practice. But uh, Aaron you know, Rodgers that, hated that, it. Yeah, that, I was going to say that that that's the song they're all singing right now, including the quarterback who who as soon as those two days of practices against Houston ended, ripped the whole concept and, and told everybody what a waste of everyone's time that was. So no, I I think it's going to be an immense struggle. I mean, you're not. You know, you're, you're not talking either about uh, playing Sisters of the Poor on defense. That, that's one of the three or four best defenses still in the National Football League, and you're going to go down there with a ton of questions on offense in a group that hasn't had a lot of work together uh, through the course of the summer against opposing teams, Debo. I, I think it's going to be a struggle. I, I'd, be, I'd be very surprised if Green Bay breaks 20 points, guys, in, in that game. It's, you know, you're, you're talking the first game ever coached by LaFleur, the first time he, he's got to find a rhythm and some sync with Rodgers, you're going to have new people across the board um, offensively. I, just, I, think that could, I think that could be a real struggle for the Packers guys on offense. Hey, Robbie, uh, before we let you go, uh, I read this article the other day, and I, I don't know who to attribute it to. I don't know if this is like this, per, if they should or shouldn't based on the temperature of this, but I guess it's they're just reporting the news. Uh, and that was the idea that the Packers will again keep three quarterbacks and that it's not oh, really a competition God. between Boyle and Kaiser because both are going to make the 53. Um, Kaiser's a, terrible. I mean, well, A, are both even one worth keeping? And then whether they keep two or one, um, are either one of these guys a viable backup or just like we talked about with the inside linebacker, should they be looking for a veteran you know, quarterback? Because if they go into the start of the season with Deshaun Kaiser, Tim Boyle's the backup, whether they keep one or both of them, either way it's a disaster waiting to happen. Well, I feel better about Boyle than I than I did a month ago, guys. And if and if he's your number two, I you know I I still think there's some better options on the street, Joe. Uh, guys who have had 500 you know, career 500 winning percentages, guys that um, you know have won in the National Football League and kind of have more of a proven track record. Um, but I, I kind of feel a little bit about Boyle like I did back in the day when when they just rolled the dice on Matt Hasselbeck and he ended up turning into a really nice player. I'm not saying Boyle's going to become that, but it, I, I kind of think there's a parallel there um, in, in terms of watching the two and, and having, having a decent feeling about Boyle. There's no reason whatsoever that at this point in time, anyways, maybe he changes some minds tonight, guys, but there's no reason for the most part they keep three and keep Kaiser, other than the fact that general manager will just, if he keeps Kaiser, that's pretty much just him telling you he doesn't, 
want to admit yet that he made a mistake trading Demarius Randall for uh, for Kaiser. And and at some point in time, you just you have to admit you were wrong and you move on and you do what's better for the team moving forward and long term. And I I just don't see a, a great uh, a great reason at this point to keep Kaiser. He hasn't done enough this summer. He hasn't done enough in his career, guys. Um, I'm not. He, he's not worthy of a roster spot. I, at this point in time, the only reason really, Joe, you keep him is if you think if you just don't think real highly of your depth at some other positions. Right. I mean, if, if you're if you're breaking down the roster and you get to 50, 51, 52 and you say, OK, Kaiser's better than our fourth safety or Kaiser's better than our third inside linebacker. or Kaiser's better than our sixth defensive lineman. OK, I get that a little bit. But for the most part, I think these positions, these other positions are strong enough where some of these guys have earned a spot over Kaiser. Robbie, I will say he did look good as Chubbs from Happy Gilmore dressed up yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that, uh, that might be his uh, future way to make a little bit of money, Evo. Hey, Rob, I assume you'll have a, a recap of the final uh, 53 once it's announced Saturday on, on Forbes.com, yeah? Oh, I have all sorts of stuff coming through, yeah, breakdown of that. Well, you know, even, even though tonight's game is, is kind of a waste of time to a lot of people, Joe, I'll, I'll still have a recap of who maybe helped themselves to make the 53 in the first place and, and who hurt themselves heading into Saturday. But then, yes, obviously Saturday, as soon as it's announced, we'll, we'll have something up on, on the 53. And, and, then, and then a nice breakdown of, of every guy on the roster, Joe, and, and kind of where they stand in the, in the pecking order of importance heading into 2019. Hey, if uh, on Saturday when that happens, Robbie, if somehow Mason Crosby does get cut, can you give Ebo and I your word that the headline on Forbes.com will be, are you ficking kidding me? I like that, especially because then Mason Crosby will be kicking against Green Bay. <laughs> or no, you? then they get Carly oh, right. Lloyd. Then they get Carly Lloyd, Robbie. Oh, boy. Yeah, I think whoever they cut might, uh, right. might be in a Bears uniform. It's going to be great viewing. Are you ficking kidding me? Crosby cut signs with the Bears 24 hours later. What a – I mean, it's just right in itself, Robbie. I like that, too. Uh, you, you, we'll, uh, we'll try to find a way to give you some right. credit. Either that or, or mother ficking. Robbie, new headline. Aaron Rodgers cares more about pop culture references than playing in preseason. Oh, stop it, Ebo. Don't <laughs> encourage him, Rob. <laughs> uh, he's fun to encourage. <laughs> it's, fun to, it's fun to poke at you a little bit, too, Joey. Thank you, you buddy. Thanks, yeah, there he is. Follow him at uh, Forbes.com. He's killing it right now with all the uh, roster previews. Check it out. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter as well at Rob Reich. I'll just retweeted the uh, last Packers story. That's it. Is that right? Nelson Burton Jr.? Hey, Nelson Burton Jr.? Nelson says that's going to get old. Like, okay. what are you saying, Nelson? We beat things into the ground around here or something? Oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Maybe you ever turn your freaking mic off when you answer the phone. Go ahead. Sorry. I don't think it's a we thing. I think it's a you thing. <laughs> what did you say, Nell? What did you say, Nelson Burton Jr.? <laughs> hey, Nelson Burton Jr., hey, what's up, man? 1984 Pro <laughs> Bowl. Hurt you? 608-339. No, no, now we made him sad. Nelson, uh, now he won't talk for the rest of the show. No, it looks like on Twitch that Nelson's staring at his Johnson and playing with it. Very Look at well. it. Do you see it? I don't know if you have it up there. Uh, Nelson Burton Jr. Um, all right, so you heard from Robbie. I can't believe that they would keep all three of these guys as in uh, three quarterbacks. Dude, Deshaun Kaiser Boyle stinks. And, I, I, he's right. I mean, and I, you know I love me some Ted, but you know what old Ted wasn't good at? Even and I'm not talking at the end. Quarterback when, talent? No, he was really good at that. Um, what, he just had Rodgers? Yeah, that's enough. 
No, what Ted Thompson wasn't good at is it, and I'm not talking Ted Thompson at the end when like his last three drafts no longer exist in Green Bay. I'm talking when it was at the height of Ted Thompson making good picks and the Packers are winning. You know what he was good, terrible at? Admitting mistakes. Like he hung on to Justin Harrell way oh, too long. Oh. He hung on to Derek Sherrard way too Like those were bust picks. They just, they were terrible picks. I think what Robbie just said with Deshaun Kaiser, it was a bad move to trade Demarius Randall for Deshaun Kaiser. And if they keep Deshaun Kaiser, it's not because the Packers believe Deshaun Kaiser can win a game if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. They, the Packers are keeping him because Goody doesn't want to admit he he, he whiffed on trading a first-round pick for a guy that can't pay the position. That, that's my take on it. Um, the show and yeah, well, at the is, time it was like you're like okay, yeah, I don't mind this. Demarius Randall was kind of like a team cancer. I'm right. the only one that liked him. That's true. He he played out of position for the Packers. Classic Ted move. He drafted him out of position. Correct. And he goes to the Browns and he starts beasting out. Demarius Randall is a beast for the Browns. He had a good year. Well, I would kill for him to be back for the Packers. I would sacrifice Deshaun Kaiser for him. And then <laughs> and then Goody goes and gets <laughs> Kaiser. Kaiser stinks. He stinks. Well, Goody was high on him, though, because all the reports were, you know, when Ted was still GM, that the Packers wanted to draft him. Yes. Thankfully, they, well, it didn't matter anyway, because they got him now. But Deshaun Kaiser stinks. Anything that comes out of Notre Dame stinks. If you got anyone that ever tries to tell you Deshaun Kaiser, like, is, he's going to be good, he's already considered a veteran. He's not good. He stinks. His favorite target's Khalil Mack. That's not a good thing. <laughs> Remember when he got in the game week one last year? Dude, and he terrible. literally handed the ball to it Khalil Mack. Terrible. And then the next possession, he literally threw the ball straight to Khalil Mack? That was his best receiver, Khalil Mack. He's a linebacker for the Bears. Uh, tomorrow's Conspiracy Theory Friday, and I've got an incredible NFL conspiracy theory. Could we do one too early that, uh, you know, Nelson Rodgers and, and Kaiser were in cahoots in that game to, for Kaiser to botch it so Rodgers could set up the greatest comeback like in Packer history. What do you think? Rodgers and, and Kaiser were in on it with that performance last year against the Bears. I don't know. It sounds a little far-fetched because of uh, Kaiser's pretty much performance every other time he played. Looked pretty close to the same. <laughs> I feel like whenever Kaiser is on the field, he's trying to like throw the game. I just can't believe they would keep both these guys. And I don't – I mean, I, I think Boyles clearly has been better in the preseason. But we've Boyle's talked about dude. this. Uh, well – Brett Hundley was that dude, too, in the preseason. Boyle is, good or bad, right or wrong, Boyle is the NFL's leading passer good. in the preseason. Uh, Zach, welcome to the Joe and Evo Show. What's going on, boys? Hey, Zach. What up, Doug? So, uh, you know, we're, we're sitting here talking about quarterbacks and things like that. and You, you guys remember all the far backups that Ron Wolf always had. He flipped had. all them for, I mean, you know, that, draft that was, picks. That was a, stable of backup quarterbacks that went on to have, in some cases, Hall of Fame-level careers, especially, you know, guys like Mark Brunel. You know, you you had, uh, uh, oh, shoot. Well, Kurt Warner, 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 things worked out pretty well for Kurt Warner. Hasselbeck. Yeah, Matt Hasselbeck. Hasselbeck, uh, Aaron Brooks, Ty Detmer. I mean, there were six quarterbacks that became NFL starters after they left Green Bay. And what what have uh, NFL quarterbacks done that have backed up Aaron Rodgers? Matt Flynn set the all-time touchdown record for the Packers. <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt Flynn was that's Matt true. Flynn Matt Flynn was going to be the San Seahawks' number one starter. He got paid as a starter, but Russell Wilson. Russell beat him Wilson up. ruined Matt Flynn's life. Yeah. So you look at you look at this, and and what's the what's the difference between the two? Was was Ted Thompson? Now another thing about Ted Thompson 
was when it came to the bottom of the roster, when it came to 40, you know, guys in the 46, 47, 48, they should never have made NFL rosters, ever. And that's, I think, the difference between Ted Thompson and Brian Gutekunst here is Gutekunst wants guys on the roster that can play an NFL game. These aren't projects. These are guys that in, in, in a move of desperation can actually play. They can actually see the field. Guys that can be contributors on special teams. That never happened with Ted Thompson. Those guys you saying, saying never Brian, pan you, out. You're saying the Goody does that? Terrible. You're saying the Goody does that? Team was awful. So. What's that? <clears throat> that Goody sees guys that are like ballers and play in the field? Is he like hammered when he watches Kaiser play then? Like does he forget? Well, I see the thing is can can uh can Kaiser play? No. The Packers, well, do do the Packers actually have depth? I mean, this is this is a team that we've had so many problems with the last 3 years before Gooden couldn't took over when it came to depth. So, at this point it's just trying to get trying to get some roster spots, trying to increase that depth. And, and right now, Kaiser may be the beneficiary of lack of depth. Yeah, I thank you. I mean, you bring up a good point. I mean, look, Ron Wolf clearly valued the backup quarterback position. I don't know that Ted Thompson did, and I don't know right now if Brian Gutekunst does or not, but that's a very fair point. 